This is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. Yesterday I was doing a broadcast with our good buddy on the Steelers radio slash podcast waves, Wesley Euler. Mm. And he brought up the point to me what he thinks are the three biggest holes that the Steelers still have. And before he could even tell me, Jacob, I guessed them immediately without hesitation. And I knew I was going to be right before he even confirmed that I was right. So I'm going to put that on you now. What are the three most pressing needs right now for the Steelers? They have needs in other spots, but these positions, I think, are the three most pressing as it stands. Third, fourth, fifth, whatever day uh, it fifth. is. I keep losing track because may, everything may blurs the together. April 4th be with you. May <laughs> the April 5th be with you. So what do you think on this day sits as the do biggest I have three to go, in order. go in order. Number one. In order. Yes. Okay. Biggest in, need right now. In order, offensive line depth. No. Not, but that's all. They signed like four guys. But, what are you talking all right, about? But it, all right, is that even in the top three? No, no. They signed like three guys already. They've addressed that part of it already. I care about the offensive line. Okay, how about defensive line depth? Uh, no, it's no. still out there. You're bad at this game. I'm gonna jump in and take. All right, how about it. how about running back depth? Yes, that's one of them. Missing one. How about strong safety, Jacob? It's the only one they don't really have a starter right now out on the field. They don't have one right now. That's what I'm talking about. What's the most pressing need right now? Are you listening? Okay, right. Okay. All right, all right. Right now. I thought this was a in general for 2023. Okay, stronger. totally agree. However, I'm not so concerned because they still have a guy that they could sign. It's just for some reason they haven't. And to be honest, I don't know. If that guy is going to remain unsigned beyond just being signed by the Steelers, I think there's a good chance that if you had to give every NFL team a percentage of signing Terrell Edmonds, I think the Steelers have by far and away the best chance of doing so. What's number two? Hmm. Well, number three, I'm going to guess you put it as the the running back depth. They need a backup running back. They need a backup running back. Number two, I don't know, heavy Tom. I'm not good at this game, apparently. So they have two wide receivers right now, Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool. Okay, so Claypool. another wide receiver. But who's number great. three, yeah. right? Like, who's – is it Gun- – right now it's Gunnar Olszewski. He ain't a number three. He probably isn't even a number four. He's probably more like a number five. So right now they only have a number one and a number two wide receiver. It's 2022 in the NFL. You need more receivers than just a number one and a number two. You're not going to be rolling out there in, in 21 personnel, two tight ends, a fullback. You know what I mean? Or 22 personnel, excuse me, with a fullback and dot in the eye. It just doesn't happen. You almost always have at least three wide receivers on the field at a time. So I think wide receiver is definitely number two. So Jacob gets an F. On yeah, this you test. failed completely. I mean, offensive line depth, defensive line depth, I'm not going to like – I'll give you a D- minus because – I'm not going to completely fail you bad. because and you kind of need back. stuff. Like you yeah. kind of do need to still add. To the I was, line, I was D-line. miss. I, you know, it's when you get to a test and you weren't listening to the directions. It's, it's that you, you read one thing, but you interpret it the other way. So I heard biggest need right now, not biggest, and I interpret it as biggest concern for the entire season, not biggest need on this day right now. Well, I'll tell you this. My biggest concern as it stands right now is still that strong safety position. Really? Because I think that I think the the combination of Minka plus the pieces that you've acquired, um, you you got Levi and then the pieces you've re-signed, 
I think makes me more comfortable with the state of the secondary overall that just the one strong safety doesn't kill me. I don't and know. The, and the depth pieces there that you have, like I said, you re-sign Killebrew, you're going to bring back Trey Norwood. It's not It's not so scary to me. I get uh, the reliability. Don't get me wrong. The I combination, disagree. The combination of Killebrew and, and Norwood possibly won't even equal the talents of Terrell Edmonds, but just the state of the secondary overall I don't think hinges on that strong safety for the Steelers specifically. Uh, see, I disagree with okay. that. I, I think you look at what the projected starting lineup is as it stands right now, and you see the name Miles Killebrew slotted in there, and that's just too weak. That's not good enough for the NFL. Even if the secondary as a whole is good, and Levi Wallace was a good pickup, and Sutton maybe slides back to his more natural position in the slot, which is better at and Akella Witherspoon builds off of his good season at the end of last year, and Minka returns to an all-pro type of form. Like All of that could equal a really good secondary, and I still think mm. you'd get attacked at that weakest link, at that Miles Killebrew. It's just so blatantly obvious that that's where opposing offenses would circle in their game plan and say, mm-hmm. this is where you can attack the Steelers. I know that their secondary is decent all as a whole, but they have a pretty big weak spot. You know, It's just like the Death Star had that one little hole that you could shoot the, the laser through to but blow it guess what? All it up. got through two times. Well, that's the thing. Like Miles Killebrew is that hole. He's mm-hmm. that weakness. He's that opening, at least to me. So... I disagree with you. I think that they That's need fine. to absolutely go out there and get Edmonds in as fast as possible because That's I, what I'm I, I think is That's like... the one that you go with. Well, I get what you're saying that maybe there's no pressing need to get him as it stands right now because no other team is signing him, but the longer and longer you let him sit out there, the more it chance that a GM wakes it, up yeah. on a Monday morning and decides to pay Terrell Edmonds. You know, like you're, you're, you're still risking it. I think that partially this is be- the fact that he hasn't signed is due to the fact that the Honey Badger still hasn't signed yet. Going to set that market. Once see the what- Honey Badger gets signed. Once he figures out how much money he's going to mm-hmm. get, then Edmund's agent can go, well, I should get $7 million or whatever. Honey Badger got this, whatever. Is Stefan Gilmore signed yet? Not yet. So, like, so he that's would also be in also that. More Joe Hay- that's more Joe Hayden and more of the cornerbacks, I think. Um, Keanu Neal is another sure. one that's right in the same boat as Terrell Edmonds not getting signed as it stands right now because they're all waiting on the Honey Badger to set that market. So I don't think you'll see any movement as far as the uh, Terrell Edmonds, Keanu Neal signing is concerned until you find out where Honey Badger lands. Obviously, there was a report out there that linked the Steelers as one of the teams interested to Honey Badger, but it looked kind of like one of those college kids who announces their top 15 schools. Like There was like 10 NFL exactly. teams that it's were in on Honey Badger. League. No, so, duh, a third of the league would be down to get that guy on their team. I don't understand, and, and to, we can kind of veer off the exit real quick to Honey Badger land. I don't understand how long for him to sign. Uh, age is somewhat of a factor, but he's not like he's in the crypt, you know what I mean? Like, he's still got a couple years ahead of him, you'd think. Injuries, I mean, he's been hurt every once in a while throughout his career, but the style that he plays the, with the reckless abandon and kind of that Tasmanian devil Kind of like a honey badger, if you will. How about that? Yeah, he. It's honestly almost a miracle that he's not been more hurt throughout his career. That his body is able to stay on the field for the most part. Now he's not Edmonds level healthy, where he's only missed one game in his entire career. Yeah. But like, it seems to me like when Honey Badger misses, it's a couple weeks and he's back. You know, he's he's good at getting himself back into game shape and getting himself over injuries quickly. So. I don't know if it's necessarily that other teams are looking at him and being like, this guy's body is just banged up to hell. 
He has played with a wild side to his game for too long, and we think that that chair is eventually going to get ripped out from underneath him, and we don't want to be the team that gives him that contract when the chair does eventually get ripped out from underneath him. So I, I think those might be factors going into why the Honey Badger hasn't signed, but I think it's only a matter of time before a team gets over those fears, if you will, and throws sure. a contract at him because – he was just on a team that went to the AFC Championship game went for the, the third Super- straight right, year. He right, won a right. Super Bowl two years or three years ago. He went to a Super Bowl. Two, like this guy has been around a winning culture and has contributed to that winning culture mightily for three, four, or five years now. So I, I think someone's gonna bite, but it is peculiar that no one's bitten so far because I think he is the prize free agent as it stands right now. Regardless and of Gilmore is probably right behind him. Regardless, Regardless of position, with Wagner signing now, yeah. like I think he's probably at the top of the list as far as marquee. I guess the only other one you could make an argument for me with is OBJ. Right. But I, I would still put Matthew as it seems like he's in the front of everybody's mind right now. Do you think the Do you think that the the signing comes before or after the draft? I am starting to get a feeling that none of these guys are going to get signed until after the draft. And I mean, like, all the guys, like OBJ, like, all the remaining free agents. It's kind of been that we've been in, to this point through the offseason, we've had enough time to, for the guys to get signed, who who were going to get signed, and now it kind of seems like we're in that month of April, we're in the draft month. All eyes are pointed toward the draft. You know, as as you just said, there are the acknowledgments of the big names, such as as the Honey Badger and Stephon Gilmore and even OBJ. But right now, it's I think that you're in crunch time here. This is mock draft central. This is research central. I mean, you cannot procrastinate any longer. If not that NFL teams do that at all, but I think right now with the draft, what now three weeks away or something like that, you really have to kind of say. Free agency is still is still there as an option, but I know I can build my team through a draft any given year. Now that you're so close to it, I think that's why you won't see these guys go until after. Yeah, I think that's well said. I think that the, the focus has completely shifted on the draft class, mm-hmm. building through the draft, and I think there's kind of a mutual understanding around the league that, yeah, some guys might get signed in this period between now and the draft happening, but for the most part, the GMs and the front offices are pretty simpatico as far as look towards the draft now we got to focus on figuring out who we're going to pick evaluate you know a lot of these players over these next couple weeks in crunch time and figure out a, a good draft strategy build up a good draft board so the focus of their eye is definitely not on the free agents so yeah i think it's going to be until after the draft and obviously that also will cut down the teams that are interested in a guy like a Tyron Matthew and a guy like an OBJ as far as high-priced free agents are concerned because someone's going to draft Kyle Hamilton. You know, Someone's sure. going to draft a safe, another safety in this draft. Uh, we all know that there's going to be a run of wide receivers taken in this draft class. So it's cheaper. You get a younger player, potentially is a lot more healthier than guys who have been banged up and played throughout the NFL for multiple seasons now going on close to a decade. So I... I think the draft is the the focus right now, and then the teams that kind of swing and miss in the draft will go and spend some money on some of the higher-priced free agents. I don't don't think the Steelers are going to get Matthew, though. I don't see that in the cards. You know, I I think you're right there, but it's also there are teams that kind of just disregard how much they spend per year, and they're okay with it because 
I mean, look at the Rams. They just went out and got Bobby Wagner. Mm-hmm. There are teams who are going to do well in the draft and still have limited cap space and just say, screw it, you know, we're okay with that. We're going to go out and get the big name, and it could be one of these big teams. I don't think the Rams have any room to wiggle in terms of acquiring Matthew, but it wouldn't shock me if they made at least a pursuit. That's just what this franchise does now. Well, that's the thing. They've kind of shown you that there's now two ways to build a team. Mm-hmm. It's either you build through the draft and you try to do it kind of the the old-school way that has been – commonplace for many teams throughout the league's history or now you just trade all your draft picks you know f them picks like the rams said and you go out and you build through free agency you build through trades you build through high price talent you know kind of like baseball where you collect cards and have stars on your team and your stars are what carry you and i think that the rams winning a super bowl doing it that way has really broken the door down to the total fork in the road of do you build through the draft mm-hmm. and you kind of seen the Eagles do that or, or try to make that effort and the Saints try to make that effort or do you build through who cares about these draft picks let's trade them to get guys like Von Miller let's trade them to get guys like Jalen Ramsey let's trade our, our quarterback that we drafted number one overall and another first round pick to get Matt Stafford from Detroit like mm-hmm. every big piece outside of really Aaron Donald that you think of was brought in and Cooper Cup mm-hmm. was brought in through free agency or through a trade and I think it's just a totally different blueprint now that's been laid out there for teams to attack getting better now applying that to the Steelers I think it's pretty clear that although they've been on a pretty decent spending spree as far as this free agency period is concerned it's not like they've been going out and signing Von Miller and signing right. Matthew and signing OBJ. Like, all the big guys aren't coming to Pittsburgh. So I think it's more of the Steelers are looking at the let's build through the draft, let's build through youth. We signed a bunch of young guys because maybe we can develop them for the next couple of years into really good players. Mm-hmm. And then we'll have a couple draft picks this year that we'll probably have to bring into the fold almost right away. But even if they stumble a little bit out the gate, that's okay because this is kind of building towards the next two to three years, not just the year that's coming up. So as far as you know, going out and getting Matthew or signing a, a high-priced free agent like that, yeah, it kind of fits as far as the hole is concerned, but I don't think it fits as far as the strategy that's pretty clearly laid out for the Steelers this offseason. Yeah, Terrell Edmonds fits that youth yeah, that it's all about old. the youth yeah. thing. Keanu Neal would, too. He's only 26. A little bit older than Edmonds. But, but I think also a little bit pricier as well. And always injured. I mean, he missed a couple of seasons recently with an injury. He only started in five games for the Cowboys last year. He played in 14, but he was kind of playing a, like a linebacker hybrid role for them in his one year in Dallas. So I, I think he's a little older. I think he's more injury prone. And he only has two interceptions and two sacks in his career. He so, made a Pro Bowl once, but like. It makes more sense for the Steelers to kind of pursue uh, Edmonds. Especially because you know him and he knows you. Right. And for some reason, he is cheaper. Despite Neil's injuries and despite. Well, I think it's a, that Pro Bowl thing that's yeah, next to Neil's so. name is what's uh, able to drive his price up a little bit. But I, I think it's kind of like the. It's Occam's razor, right? The simplest explanation is, or the simplest solution is the answer. Mm. Like, the simplest solution is to sign Terrell Edmonds back, and I think that's the answer. I think that that's that's the best way to go about completing your defense. And I think the Steelers are not a team to kind of, the only, only, only time that, in recent memory, where something like that, something like this didn't happen, where there was a solution and they just didn't go with the easiest solution, was the Steve Nelson signing. 
or the Steve Nelson lack of a signing uh, in last year's offseason, that kind of came as a shock to us. This, uh, when we were doing our shows in the offseason, we were saying, okay, well, you're going to have Minka, you're going to have Terrell as your safeties, you're going to have Steve Nelson and, and Joe Hayden, possibly not even Joe Hayden, but you're going to have Nelson and the combination of Joe Hayden, Cam Sutton, and um, Mike Hilton as your as your other other cornerbacks. Which combination would you take? And then all of a sudden, the first guy to not be confirmed to be on the team was Steve Nelson. And it turns out that the Steelers were okay without him, but it, it just kind of came as a shock. So it would be equally shocking if the Steelers didn't kind of look the answer right in the eyes and say, oh, well, this is what we have to do. Not to say that there was a clear-cut answer with Steve Nelson being the one guy. It was because there was a plethora of options you could go with uh, with your available cornerbacks that you could retain uh, in 2021. But here I think it's a lot more clear-cut. And I don't think the Steelers ever really failed to do uh, when given the task of filling a hole with an obvious solution. Now, as far as the wide receiver room is concerned, which I think is the number two biggest hole that the Steelers have right now that they need to address, I think it's obvious they're going to pick a wide receiver in the NFL draft. Uh, I, I think that is slowly becoming the more obvious position of any other ones, that they will definitely choose someone at that position in this upcoming NFL draft, uh, maybe as early as the second round. Hell, maybe even in the first round if the right guy is there. If, like, an Olave falls to them, then maybe you have to snatch him up because he could be the number one receiver on this team as early as next year. But do you think that they need to go out and sign somebody as well to kind of fill that number three and number four role? Or do you draft two wide receivers? Well, you got to draft one. That's, that's a definite. That's happening. And I think when you draft the one, you can't do the typical Steelers thing where you wait until like the third or the fourth round. No, they'll do it in the first or second, I think. I, I think the first okay or second round that. pick is going to be a wide given the Given the job that Kevin Goldberg has done through free agency so far, I think he's shored himself the space to kind of go after that wide receiver in the earlier rounds, which is great because, I mean, we know how great of a class this is for wide receivers this year. We know how great it is, especially at the top of the class. So would not hate seeing a first or second round expenditure uh, on a wide receiver this year. It's just, do you use one of those later picks on a wide receiver? As well. As well, in addition. I think the more practical route would be to sign somebody and hope that it's not Dante Moncrief again because that's the last time you really went out and tried to bring in a, a wide receiver off the heap. I hope they've – I don't know what they saw in Dante Moncrief. To be honest, when I saw I thought, okay, yeah, this I mean, is a good – He was a solid receiver. This is a receiver. good depth option for the Steelers. Yeah. He could be like a Darius Hayward Bay of sorts, a, a gunner. Of sorts. A, yeah, a, yeah. Like a, a gunner who could like do some damage on special teams with his speed. And then it just turned out he was the worst free agent signing in recent memory. Yeah, by so the Steelers. I, I think that they should go out and bring in another a, a veteran piece to be the, it's just, the number who is four. That piece? I, I don't know, and I don't know how important it really is that it's that great of a player because again, he's going to be your number four most likely with Gunner slotting in at the number five. And there you go. There's your one through five as far as wide receivers are concerned. Uh, what's more important to me than signing the veteran and the veteran panning out for you is that you hit the rookie because the rookie's probably going to be the one that slides into the number three spot. 
with a chance to climb to two, climb to one, because it ain't like those two guys have really solidified their standing as far as Mm -hmm. where they are in the wide receiver hierarchy. Deontay more so than Chase Claypool is kind of more established. But, you know, I I think whoever you draft in the first, second round, they're going to slide in at that number three spot. They're going to get a lot of playing time this year. Yeah, they're going to step into training camp, and they're going to say, hey, you're our number three wide receiver. To play like a three wide receiver, or else our offense is going to be severely limited this year because out of nowhere, the wide receiver room went from pretty deep to mm-hmm. the extent of us talking ourselves into maybe this is one of the best in football because it's so deep. That obviously didn't end up being true to being razor thin out of nowhere in the blink of an eye of an offseason. So they definitely, definitely, definitely not only need to pick a, a wide receiver early in this draft. But they need to hit on him. They need him to contribute ASAP. So, other than Odell, and I don't think the Steelers are going to bring That's impossible, him, yeah. Not going to happen. Julio Jones. Too old. Too old. Here's where I think it gets interesting. Jarvis Landry. That's one I would definitely be calling right now. Will Fuller. He gets hurt a lot, but and it's he gets not, in trouble. It's not amount. a bad idea, though. Uh, I, I would not want to take in T.Y. Hilton. I would not want to take in Emmanuel Sanders. I would not want to take in... Uh, Cole Beasley. All those guys are too old. AJ Green. All too old. Sammy Watkins. Yeah, we know what Sammy Watkins is. One good game, and then he's invisible for the rest of the season. You've the so two. I that, think the, the I two think at the top are the yeah, ones: exactly. Will Fuller and Jarvis Landry. There's really only two options that make a lot of sense for you. And to be honest, I don't know if I trust Will Fuller, Pittsburgh, just because he does. I think. Ha- I think he's had a s- season-ending injury every year of his career. It seems like. I also get nervous that Jarvis Landry might be a bit too old because he's 29. But I think that I'd Maybe be willing to make the... that concession just for that one position because you need a veteran back. Exactly. Because you have Chase Claypool at, what, 24, Deontay yeah. at 25. You're going to bring in a rookie who's going to be 22, if not younger, if he's c- coming out as a junior possibly. I, I really think that if you need if if there's one group that needs a veteran leader, it's, it's the, the wide receiver, receiver and that includes. I, I'm not even saying the running backs need it because I just have so much trust in Najee Harris at his young age. I have so much trust in Pat Fryermuth at his young age that I'm not concerned that there needs to be a veteran in that group. I think the wide receivers desperately need some kind of guidance, and not to say that Jarvis Landry is the end all be all. Best option as a as a as a leader as a veteran on a team, but at least he can provide some experience, additional experience to what Claypool and Deontay have already acquired. I think that if it wasn't for his injury problems and other stuff mm-hmm. for Will Fuller, he would have been snagged already. Twenty seven years sure. old, pretty solid wide receiver, but I think people are nervous about those injuries. And I think the Jarvis Landry's and Julio Jones and the TYs and the Cole Beasley's and Sanders's of the world are going to have to wait until after the draft because of how loaded the, the draft class is that those guys are going to have to wait and see which teams miss on a wide receiver, and then they'll probably find a one- or two-year contract with those teams. Jarvis Landry is probably the creme de la creme, though. As far as the free agents that are still available, that's name isn't Odell Beckham Jr., because I think that he is a really, really good wide receiver that was just in kind of a bad situation. I think both of them were. Yeah, exactly. So I think Landry still has some good years left in the tank. Might be a little too expensive for the Steelers' blood, though, and that's always a factor when it comes to this. Quickly, Mm -hmm. before we wrap up the running back, we've talked about this a lot, honestly, and 
I think I've really narrowed it down to bringing in a David Johnson kind of player and bringing in a, a, um, a, a Carlos Hyde type of player. The, those are the kind of guys that I want in that backfield, in that running room. Uh, someone who's been there, done that before. Again, doesn't necessarily fit the MO of a young, youthful signing that they can build towards, but I don't think you need it at that depth kind of position at running back. You know, We know Mike Tomlin loves to run the wheels off of people. We've seen it so many times, but we've also seen a good number two most of those times as well. Le'Veon Bell and D'Angelo Williams. Right. You know I, I mean, mean? That's, the, that's, the, that's the best example of that. And I don't think you're going to get that. I think you have similar skill as Le'Veon Bell at the top for your number one running back, but to get a number two as good as D'Angelo Williams is pretty tough to do, especially in this free agent crop. But I think a guy like David Johnson can absolutely be solid, you know, He's going to be able to take six carries a game and go for like 30 yards on those six carries, mm-hmm. just something soft. But more importantly, he's going to be able to play on third downs and right. know if Mitch Trubisky checks into something else or is audible as far as the protection is concerned. And he's not going to miss a block because he's been in the league for seven years now. So he knows how to play the game and knows how to play the position at this level. So that's a guy that I would look at. He's going to be cheap, like only a little bit over a million dollars probably to sign. Just bring him in on a one-year deal and have him serve as that kind of back. Not even it's not even an insurance policy because if Najee goes down, I mean your season's pretty much over anyway. But just to have that guy to keep him a little fresher towards the fourth quarter of games, to keep him a little fresher in week sixteen, week seventeen. I think Johnson's that perfect guy. I just seem to keep sure. circling him when it I look at this. It does seem that that's the guy you keep going back. It's kind of similar to the way that Jarvis Landry just makes the most sense for the wide receivers to bring in out, out of the out of the veteran guys or the the guys who are still unsigned as free agents uh, still out there. Yes, but I think that Johnson is more likely than Landry. Cheaper. Is he older? Johnson is a little bit older, but Landry's. I meant, looked, I meant older than Landry. He is by a year, but Landry's going to command it. Says here twelve million a year. Johnson's about a million a year. You know what I mean? So like, and it's just more expensive for wide receivers than running backs. So you're right about the fit being right, but I just think that Johnson's probably more likely to be signed, price wise, position wise. I mean, it just makes so much more sense. Sure. To me. Yeah. And Landry's probably going to want more than just the one year deal. I think you can get. David Johnson on a one-year deal because he's probably just in that mercenary stage. I mean, seven years playing running back in this league, that's that's like 18 years in regular player years for a different position. He's probably just looking to get as many paychecks as he possibly can before the wheels completely fall off, bounce from team to team, maybe jump on a contender every now and then, make a playoff run. I mean, he's been stuck in Houston for a long time in his mm-hmm. career, maybe. Time to actually his wings is on a real team. So I, I just think that that makes more sense realistically that yeah. it could actually happen but you're right that the both both of those guys are like the biggest fits uh, Landry right. would fit in like a glove right now especially in that slot how would you feel if somehow the seal I don't know if they could afford it to bring in both <laughs> I would think it's a good signing I think that it would fill in a lot how, of- how much more so we, we were the whole episode of the point of the episode is the biggest holes right now the biggest needs right now right and so you to just check off two and then re-sign Edmonds Say that happens. Or say at least I think Edmonds is the most likely out of all three. To sign back. To sign out of Any out of, of a wide receiver, veteran wide receiver, veteran running back, and bringing back Edmonds. I think Edmonds is the most likely. Yep. But say you bring back or say you sign either Landry or David Johnson. Let's say we use let's say you go with Jarvis Landry just because 
getting the top two guys that you want personally, Tom, that would be too ideal. So you bring two out of the top three guys. You fill up two out of those top three holes. How confident are you going into the next season? And there's still not a safety, though? There's still No, no, no you have Edmonds, Edmonds and you have and you Landry, have... but you don't have David Johnson. Yeah, I mean, I'm still fine. I mean, if you Does don't, if you don't have a running back. Enough? No, that's the third, that's the third least, that's third on my list as far as the hierarchy is concerned for a reason, because you can get away with just running the wheels off on Najee all year, and it could work, but I think you're making an unnecessary risk when you do that. And also, it's not like they won't have anybody that can run the mm-hmm. football other than Najee. I mean, Benny Snell's still here. McFarland's still here, so... It's not exactly like it would be dire if that scenario you have painted comes to fruition. But I think the real one is going to be Edmund signs no on Jarvis Landry. And yes. Maybe on David Johnson. Yeah. I don't want to say yes on David Johnson because but it could be some a guy. different player. Yeah, some but guy. some guy I think it's going to happen. That'll do it for this episode of the Steelers Standard. Always appreciate you guys giving us a listen. We got more content for you on the way. So keep an eye and ear out for that. For Jacob Brecht, I'm Tom Opperman, and we'll talk to you next time.